It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. I think those are tools that we'll be able to take into the future. But really, we also have to focus on the importance of community um, and how the ideal is to be together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Banditos, fresh, made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. Welcome to Flavor of the Week, part four with Father Spencer St. Louis. I'm Kyle Hyman here at the Auburn Jimmy John's, who uh, we mentioned in the first episode Mm -hmm. is uh, a family relative. Right. Your parents run the place here. And we've got a lot lot to eat in this last one. Yes. We have another sandwich, yep. the gargantuan, which I can already tell just by picking it up. <laughs> it's, like this is like twice the this, weight this, of the other ones. Yeah, this, this is a sandwich. <laughs> this is a sandwich. We tried the chips. Mm-hmm. We haven't tried cookies. Nope. And there's a pickle. There's a pickle yet. as well. Okay. All right. Well, I'm are excited. We, are we going to jump into the gargantuan here? Oh, man, this looks so good. <laughs> Look at that meat. It's just a lot of meat. That's, yeah. <laughs> It's going to take a while, too. I was going to say, I might have taken too big of a bite. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's good, though. How many different meats are on here? Uh, one, two, three, maybe four. No. Actually, I don't know. I don't normally get this one, but it's good. It's very good. So we talked about your mm-hmm. childhood, growing up, entering seminary, mm-hmm. studying in Rome, traveling around. Right. Now you're dropped into a parish. You finish your studies. Just thrown in there. You're ordained and then you right. went back to Rome and then right. got sent to Homer early because of COVID-19. Right. Finish, yeah. finish your studies online. Mm-hmm. But now, you, so you've been a priest for a while, but just now entering parish life. Right. So I celebrated my first anniversary on June 1st of this year um, with you know my classmates, uh, Father Jose Arroyo and Father Daniel Nieser. And... It, my first year was a lot different than theirs because I was still in academic life. You know, I lived in a house of priests and we all celebrated mass every day, which was a beautiful thing. But there was a difference to what you normally think of with the priesthood. You know, you think of people or priests being with the people at a parish. And we were still with people, but oftentimes they were pilgrims coming to Rome. And a lot of our ministry focused on schoolwork. Um, yeah. How many distractions are there from people coming to visit? <laughs> It's when you're in Rome. It depends on the time of year. There are, are definitely periods when the, there's a lot more tourists and pilgrims coming into town. But I actually think that you get a lot more visitors as a seminarian in Rome rather than back home. Just right. because you know, right. not many people go to Indianapolis or on, right. on a vacation. But a lot of people will come to Rome on pilgrimage mm-hmm. with big groups. And, and we also have a lot of priests from the diocese who go to Rome you know, for prayer and, and their, their own devotion or retreats even. So just being able to to see all these people come into town, it was great. So, okay. So back to the Mm -hmm. the parish transition, right? Yeah, it was challenging. I had spent my first summer down at St. Mary's Indicator, which was a great experience. You know, the people were welcoming. It was great to meet families, uh, to have the normal life of everything going on. But then especially as a new priest to be able to engage in that ministry, you know, to be there for, I think I was at one, one wedding there. But helping with funerals and baptizing babies, living the life of a priest was wonderful. And now moving into St. Michael's after having been a priest for a year, it's different because I know what to expect. 
and I'm not as concerned or nervous with making sure that I get everything right because I've been doing it for so long. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that like, I'm not trying to be focused on what to do, but it's that I've become familiar with, with the parts of the math. So I'm not constantly flipping between pages, trying to find the right spot, but I know what's going to follow next exactly where it's going to go. Cause I imagine the technicality of it right. can be a distraction to prayer as well. Right. Certainly. The more you have to think about, all right, now I turn to the red tab yep. for this part. Yeah. That's you're not actually entering into the prayer at, at that part as, right. as fully as you could be once it becomes automatic. Right. Yeah. Especially in the beginning, you're trying to make sure you're doing everything correct. Right. Right. Um, you know, so that Jesus actually comes and the people can rejoice. <laughs> um, and so you're, yeah. you're, you, you want the mass to work. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's challenging <laughs> just to, to enter into the prayer on such a deep level. Yeah. Um, but now that I know how the missile works and where things are in it, you know, it's or I've become more familiar with using it. You're able to enter into the prayer a lot more to encounter that. So any big surprises about parish life? Not necessarily about parish life. COVID's kind of thrown everything for sure. a curveball, which has made it difficult just to, you know, when you're trying to meet people and all you can see is like from their, their eyes up right, right. Um, of their face, you know, because we, we have so much recognition of people by what their face looks like. Oh, yeah. And when that mask is there, like it's taking away part of that identity. Right. And it, it becomes so much harder to, to meet people and to remember them. For sure. It's like. You didn't have the same mask last time, right? Right. Like that, that's a new mask. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a good joy, um, a great joy to, to be at St. Michael's in, in Plymouth, to be able to, to meet the people that I have been able to meet, but then also to still be doing ministry to those at the parish who might not feel comfortable coming back in person. Uh -huh. um, we've been live streaming our, our Sunday masses. So to be able to still to reach out to people in a way that I might not have beforehand um, or in a different way. Was the live stream not happening before this? It was happening. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Father Craig had set up the live streaming with one of our parishioners and it was a great tool to be able to reach out to people, especially when masses weren't being said in public. Uh -huh. um, but then to be able to have, still have a connection to the parish for people. Right. That was existing before I got there, but it's a great tool to be able to have at our disposal. So do you think about things differently as far as a homily goes or even, I don't know, saying the prayers? Do you ever think of you're talking to a camera instead of the people in the pews because there might be more people watching on camera? Um, it hasn't really crossed my mind too much. And I think maybe because when everybody wasn't allowed to be coming to masses, I was still quarantined in my home after coming back from Rome. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have the camera in the same way that other priests had it beforehand. And the way it's set up at our church is that the camera is a little bit farther uh -huh. into the, the pews. So in the main aisle way. So it's not in your face and it's not a major concern when you're celebrating mass. So it's there, but especially having people in the community, in the, the congregation, it's easy to focus on seeing them right there. And then also having the same side, people being able to see it through live streaming. Mm -hmm. Several different years I did Steubenville and mm -hmm. Denver. Right. And the room that they have for that is the worst room I've ever oh, seen because no. it's really long and skinny. Okay. So they decided to put the stage in the middle. Okay. And so uh, you have a very wide audience instead right. of a very long, long. and far away audience. Mm -hmm. But then they have these big screens set up. Okay. So most people are just watching on the screen. If you're on any of the sides, oh, you just watch the screen because the camera's you can't, straight on. You can't even really see right. the stage from where you are. Right. And so they said, you know, 80% of the people are probably watching the screen. Right. So talk to the camera. Yeah. That's, that's a weird thing to do. It is different though. If you are 
talking to the person at home right. who isn't able to come in right. uh, versus talking to the person in the pew. Right. It, they're kind of two different audiences. It they, is. Obviously, yeah. you're talking about the spiritual life. It's right. applies to anybody. Exactly. But, but and the same thing, too, like COVID is, is striking so many people in different ways. You know, we're, right. we're all um, susceptible in different ways where some are older, some are younger, some are able to go out and when others are having to stay at home. And so people are spiritually on a different level. In general, yes, but also in this time because of what they're able to do with the community, um, whether that be in person, online, or whatnot. So it's just, it's difficult to try to preach to everybody all at the same time. You know, like, you know, you have these people coming in, but those people who are still at home, what is going to be the common message for each of them? Mm -hmm. Uh, And ultimately, you have to tie it back to Jesus Christ and the sacraments. You know, this, that's how he's given us the gifts to encounter him. And even in this time of pandemic and fear and worry, it's still his love and mercy that we have to be able to reach out to and to engage with. I've heard different people speculate as to what effects this is going to happen and mm-hmm. have on the church yeah. or on people's spiritual lives. Anything from, all right, so finances have been down. Right. So the church is going to have to cut things. Right. So now it's going to become what's the most important, like what is our mission? Mm-hmm. And we got to cut these different programs or, or maybe even staff members because mm-hmm. it's not as important to the mission mm-hmm. and which might be a good thing to, to kind of dial back and say, we don't need to have 150 programs right. if 75 of them aren't fulfilling the mission or whatever. Right. But also looking at people that are now getting used to watching online. Yeah. So you have this kind of convenience factor to it mm-hmm. and maybe think, well, why would I need to go back? Right. Whenever we see stats on, on the understanding of the true presence mm-hmm. in the Eucharist, like, yeah, if you don't believe that that's the true presence in the Eucharist, then what is the point exactly. of being there in person? Yeah. What do you think? Not necessarily what should happen, right. but what do you right. think, what do you think might our church look like when this all kind of clears up? Hopefully that's, soon. Yeah, hopefully soon. You know, that's that's kind of the great unknown that I think a lot of our parishes are thinking about and wondering what are the steps that we have to take and in what ways can we start preparing people for coming back to really focus on what is the importance of coming back? Why do we have to be there in person versus having a live stream, which having live stream masses and masses on TV is a beautiful thing, you know, for homebound. Mm -hmm. But there is that aspect of community, of being in person in relationship with each other but also worshiping God as a community that you just don't get the same at home. Right. And then certainly, you know, boiling it all down to being able to receive our Lord in the Eucharist. Right. You don't get that at home. I mean, even we talk about the churches there, it hits all of our senses. Right. And so watching a live stream in mm-hmm. my living room yep. is different than being in a church. Right. Because a church was specifically designed for worship. For worship. Yeah. And my living room was not. So you didn't bring incense home? Well, <laughs> we did have to replace all of our windows with stained glass. <laughs> no, yeah, right. But now, right. now we're starting to get there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, the, the marble altar is yeah is uh, covering up our fireplace now. Well, but. you know, that's great. So uh, what, what do you think our parishes have been doing well? Mm-hmm. Maybe it was something that we could improve on. We were... Right. Trying to welcome people back as, as people are starting to go out more and mm-hmm. come to church more. I think our parishes have done a great job with the limited resources that we had when this all started in trying to reach out to people and, and still keep them engaged. Uh, I know of a couple of different parishes that have, have reached out to everybody by phone call. A lot of our parishes have done live streaming masses and things of that nature, teachings online. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and especially as, as people are starting to go out more, having both the in-person and online, being able to live stream these different events. And I think that's one benefit for us is the opportunity to have grown in such a rapid pace of how we can reach out in these different means, especially right. for teachings and catechesis and things like that. I think those are tools that we'll be able to take into the future. But really, we also have to focus on the importance of community and how the ideal is to be together. Mm -hmm. And a lot of parishes have been praying about and searching about how do we do that? How are we moving into that as things start opening up and people start coming back in? Yeah. Any big revelations in that area? Not yet. Have, have, um, you, have you cracked the code yet? We're not, not that I know of. Um, we're still trying to figure things out. Uh -huh. You know, as every new mandate opens up and closes different things and you know requires masks that you know, we were already requiring them as a diocese, thankfully. Right. But just every new curveball puts new spins on everything. So, sure. and I think that this is going to last possibly longer than we ever anticipated. Mm -hmm. You know, when I came home originally in March. I thought I was going to be home just for Easter break and then go back and finish my studies. Uh -huh. And that clearly didn't happen. So we're just all trying to, to figure out everything one step at a time as, as close as we can. Yeah. So. All right. Well, this has been delightful. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your company and, oh, and the always. delicious sandwiches. There's going to be a lot of leftovers <laughs> from this. That's always good. It's a good I, thing. I feel like, do we need to try the pickle and the, and the cookies before we go? Just to yeah. Make sure we... We right. cover our bases on everything. I think we should. Okay. Yeah. So there's two different types of cookies. Uh -huh. We got the, the, the I feel classic. like we should do the pickle before oh, the cookie. Pickle. All right. Should we? All right. Dessert. <laughs> or do you like, or do you like to, I'm I'll play your game. I'm, I'm here to participate. <laughs> we'll go pickle first. Now, did you say the pickle goes in the, the kicking ranch? Some people do that. Okay. Um, which just okay, like I'll, the chips, like little, we had done with the chips beforehand. Put a little dab here. We'll add a little bit of a kick to it. Oh, yeah. So, I see what that is. All right. I'll let you pick yours Okay. Out. Oh. Got it. All right. I'm going to try without the kick and without first. Without first. Okay. Mmm. That's a big pickle. It is. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. It's very... I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's a dill pickle. Right, exactly. Do you like sweet pickles? I do. I do, yeah. What is your preference? Um, I think the normal dill. A normal okay. dill pickle. All right, now with kick and ranch. Now with the ranch. I've never done this, so we're going to see how this goes. That's interesting. It's good. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it had as big of an impact no. as it did on the sandwich or the chips. Right. But because the pickle is already so flavored. Right, exactly. It's a little more subtle. Also, it, because the pickle's wet, yeah. it doesn't stick to it as much. Exactly. So you don't get yeah, a whole you gotta, lot. You gotta make sure it's all on there when you, you take your bite. Yeah, I think you get the I like that. The kick in a ranch first. Just because it's on the outside. But mm -hmm. like you said, because it's wet, then it just that gets on your tongue right away, and then the pickle flavor really comes through. Yeah. Okay. And then we have uh what kind of cookies are these? So we have a triple chip. It's the normal chocolate chip. And then there's a raisin oatmeal. What's your favorite cookie? Oh, the triple chunk. Triple chip. Yeah. Hands down. But it's it's just so good. I well, think here, it's got... You, you open that one all okay. over the oatmeal. The triple chip actually has Ghirardelli chocolate in it. But just in general, are you a chocolate chip that your favorite? Normally. Yeah. You can't go wrong with the classic. Yeah. Oh, does it have like a macadamia nut in it or something? No, or? so it's... What uh, is that? I think it's 
just different types of different white type chocolate and milk chocolate, chocolate chips. Mm. And it's like the chocolate's melty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's that's it's a nice cookie. It's good stuff right there. This table just looks like it was like a <laughs> a feast for for seven for a couple families, <laughs> and it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, and the oatmeal. We, the oatmeal. I feel like like that challenge of like come in and eat everything off the menu. Right. Hmm. <laughs> mm. That's a really good oatmeal cookie. Yeah. Have you had that one yet? I I've never gone over the triple chip. So yeah. I, I that might be the first time I've had the oatmeal. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, good flavor. Okay. So out of everything here, your recommendation is are you sticking with the number seven? I, I love the seven. That's my go-to. Okay. But I don't think you can really go wrong. The kicking ranch, though. You Definitely. want that with your chips. With the and chips. And it was a sandwich, maybe, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. And then you're sticking with the, the chocolate. And the chocolate the triple, chip. triple yep. chip. Triple chip cookie. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. Is, that is the uh, recommendation of Father Spencer St. Louis. If you're going to the Auburn Jimmy John's. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Kyle. It's been my pleasure. It's right, been also, a lot of our fun. thanks to... Banditos for underwriting flavor of the week mm-hmm. and to the Auburn Jimmy Johns for providing our food today. Excellent. Delicious. It was. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. If you'd like to support this show and other great audio programming, go to RedeemerRadio.com and click donate. And until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs>